you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Greetings and welcome to the daily NFL Fantasy Live podcast. All the information you need for fantasy dominance in Week 8. Jason Smith alongside Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison, Marcus Grant, and Molly Karam. We have all the big news of the day. Michael Fabiano has his big starts and sits for Week 8. Want to see who he's got on that big list. Dr. Neil Goddodger stops by, our resident orthopedic surgeon, to give us the inside scoop for injuries on guys like Doug Martin and also on Michael Vick and Arian Foster. And if you're having a bad fantasy season, you're not happy with how your team is performing, I guarantee you it's better than the one team we're going to tell you about coming up on the show. We'll make everybody feel better about their fantasy team. Well, except this one unfortunate fellow who plays on NFL.com. That and more coming up today. Hey, fantasy fans, welcome to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Jason Smith here alongside our fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the H-Train, Elliot Harrison. Remember, you can always submit your fantasy questions, get the latest and greatest fantasy news by following us at NFL Fantasy. Time now for some headlines of the week, and Josh Freeman, there could be another change at quarterback. The Vikings announced on Wednesday he suffered a concussion against the Giants Monday night. Christian Ponder taking most of the first team reps and practice on Wednesday. So moving forward, you're playing Adrian Peterson, no matter who plays quarterback for the Vikings. But if it moves a change to Christian Ponder. Elliot, does this make you want to play Greg Jennings anymore? You know what? I have him in our Experts League. I have him in our AM League. Greg Jennings I'm talking about. And the only big game that he's had was in London with Matt Castle. I thought about dropping him off my roster altogether. All right, Fabs, what about Kyle Rudolph? You want to talk about Mr. Inconsistency? One week good, one week bad. The matchup is good, though, this week against the Green Bay Packers. He's a low-end tight end one with or without Christian Ponder. A change in Cleveland. Browns head coach Rob Trzynski said veteran Jason Campbell is going to start for the Browns this weekend against the Chiefs. You remember Jason Campbell from his one-for-four, four-yard performance week two. Elliot, Jason Campbell going forward, what do you make of him as a quarterback? Well, the book on Jason Campbell has always been that he doesn't take the downfield throws. He's got a little bit of a captain check down reputation. Look, he's going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. They're giving up the fewest points per game in the NFL. This isn't a good matchup. You're not going to play him. It's going to hurt their other players. I never thought I'd say this, 
I miss Brian Hoyer. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Yeah. Uh, Fabs, you'll have more on Jordan Cameron coming up later on in the show. But Percy Harvin back at practice. Seattle has up to three weeks before they have to put him on the active roster. He's made it through his last few workouts. You see him video right here. He's looked very good. Right now, he's just happy to be back at practice. Uh, it's feeling great right now. I um, haven't had any setbacks. Uh, I'm running pretty good, cutting pretty good. I'm doing all the things that I, I was doing uh, previously. Um, so it's just um, getting the, the grind, getting the practices in, um, getting back in the meetings and all those things, and uh, I'll be ready to go. Bing, is it as simple, Fabs, as taking Percy Harford and putting him in your lineup when he plays for Seattle? It's going to be tempting because you have so many teams on a bye this week. But if you have depth at wide receiver, I'd probably sit him down because I think there's some risk here. Is he going to be limited? Is this going to be a situation where he plays maybe 15, 20 snaps and that's it? That's a little risky for me. I agree with that. I will just say this. Seattle wide receivers, as a unit, have averaged 10 catches per game. That's the entire group. So Percy Arvin certainly has value down the back half of the schedule. And it's a Monday night, too, which makes it even tougher. Yeah, you got to have a, a plan in place, whether it's Sidney Rice or somebody else on Monday night, if you want to play him. All right, Ravens, Bears, Texans, Colts, Chargers, and Titans all on a bye this week. Let's take a look now at the top ten players a lot of that are off. And this is a lot of firepower. Rivers, Luck, Forte, Arian Foster, Brandon Marshall, Alshon Jeffrey. Torrey Smith, Danny Woodhead. So chances are you're looking to replace somebody. If you're looking to replace Phillip Rivers, like I am in our Experts League this week against Elliott, I'm going with the guy Michael Fabiano says is the guy to pick up, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, Roethlisberger, boy, he hasn't been good this year, but when he plays the Raiders, he turns into Superman. 275-plus passing yards in each of his last four games against the Raiders. Eight total touchdowns, no picks in his last two meetings against the Silver and Black. And the Steelers have scored 31 or more fantasy, uh, 31 or more points in two straight meetings against the Silver and Black. Pretty good numbers. You are staying in the state of Pennsylvania for your uh, spot start of the week. Yeah, I'm going Michael Vick, and I'm glad that you're playing in the Experts League. My mash unit team, you should squash us by about 30. But <laughs> nothing wrong with starting Michael Vick. He's going up against the Giants. And you can say, well, the Giants had great numbers last week. Yeah, they played Josh Freeman. And the Vikings didn't know what the heck they were doing out there. Michael Vick's been getting a lot of bang for the buck. I'm talking about yards per attempt this year. And he can run out of the pocket. And he can't play any worse than Nick Foles and Matt Barkley did last week. I like Michael Vick. The Giants defense is still the Giants defense. They haven't been good all year, Jason. Yeah, and without Michael Vick, Randall Cunningham, I think, comes in. He's the next quarterback. He's a good fantasy quarterback. All right, how about to the running back spots now in Fabs? He didn't get the goal line carry, we thought, but still... It was nice for Joseph Randall to have a game last week. Now, we're assuming that DeMarco Murray is going to miss this week's game. Obviously, if Murray comes back, things change completely. But this is a good matchup for Randall against the Lions. They have not been good in terms of stopping the run this season. And Randall had over 20 touches last week. And Jerry Jones was really impressed with this rookie. So, if you need a flex starter or even a number two running back because of so many teams off, so many injuries, Randall's worth a look, again, assuming Murray is out. Elliott, no one's wanted to embrace Fred Jackson, but yet he's the most dependable guy the Bills have. He's over double digits just about every week. Yeah, I'm talking to the people right now who are on the fence. I know a lot of you have started Fred Jackson, but a lot of you, as you said, are a little bit timid about it. Don't be. This guy's been one of the biggest surprises in fantasy, and if you want to go reality, they don't have to take Fred Jackson off the field. He knows how to block. He knows how to catch. He knows how to run. That's why C.J. Spiller had seven total yards, because the Bills feel more comfortable with Fred Jackson on the field all the time. Yeah, and Spiller is never going to get a goal line carry. He's not even... But they, exactly. put, they, put, they put five guys out there, and Spiller is not one of them, so... We're going way down. We'll have more on Spiller later on in the show, I'm sure. Wide receiver-wise, Fab's a guy you picked up in our expert league this week, Harry Douglas. Yeah, and 
I'm trying to trade him to you. This is one of those <laughs> plays where the matchup isn't good. The, the Cardinals' pass defense has been pretty good. They've been tough on wide receivers. But Harry Douglas is seeing targets. The matchup wasn't particularly good last week against the Rodriguez, and he had over 100 yards and a touchdown. Douglas needs to be owned in all leagues, and this week you can start him. My team is like 1-6. How did you get Harry Douglas over me on waiver? Because priority? you actually have to put in a claim for a player. I did. <laughs> Yeah. Now, let's stick with all Randall television here. We talked about Joseph Randall. Elliot, you like Ruben Randall. You know, Ruben Randall has played pretty well. I like the matchup. That's the big thing here against the Eagles secondary, who did okay against Dallas, but Dallas didn't really have to air it out because they got a big lead. So you have to look at the games and the box scores. Ruben Randall versus the Eagles secondary is still a mismatch. I like him as a spot start. And again, we're talking about guys with a bunch of teams on a bye. We're not saying in a full week that Ruben Randall's necessarily a must start. I'd rather have Ruben Randall than Hakeem Nix right now. Hakeem Nix has been awful. I'd rather have Lenny Randall than Hakeem Nix. You would. Right now. I would. At least right. I'll pick him up and trade him to you. Sure, very good. John Randall? Are we just going to keep doing this? All right. I think we're out of Randalls now. For more now, let's throw it over to Molly Karam and Marcus Grant. Q? Guys, good stuff. Thank you. I am here with NFL.com fantasy editor, my boy Marcus Grant. And it's that time of the week where we look at the top 10 player ads for Week 8. Who has been hot right now? And we start with uh, Jordan Reed here. From Connecticut, Marcus, and he's Washington's tight end, and he's had great chemistry this past month with RG3. He absolutely has. In fact, he's made Fred Davis expendable there in Washington. He's a guy who's seeing more and more targets each week. His receiving yards have increased in three straight games. And look, the Broncos have been very vulnerable against tight ends. They have been, they have had 66 targets to tight ends against them. That's the most international football league. So Jordan Reed, maybe not a bona fide number one tight end, but he's pretty close. Marcus, the Colts had a big win Sunday night, but with that, some unfortunate news. Reggie Wayne on the IR with that knee injury. So Darius Hayward Bay should get more targets at this point. You high on him? I am high on him. I mean, he was starting to see more targets, even with Reggie Wayne on the field. Obviously, with the injury, that opens up a slot in that offense. T.Y. Hilton probably becomes the top target for Andrew Luck, but... There is Hayward Bay, DHB. I know a lot of people stashed him hoping for an opportunity. This is the opportunity that, may, that everybody was waiting for. Hey, Bay, pick her up. All right, you know I'm a positive girl, but this is the side of the list you don't want to be on, the most dropped players on NFL.com. Who are people kicking to the curb? And right now it's Cleveland running back Willis McGahee being dropped. I mean, they're really a pass-first offense, and he hasn't been a factor. He has not been a factor in so many changes. Now you have Jason Campbell, who's coming in to start at quarterback. This offense is like a bad boy band. No random. direction. Just random. Just random. Uh, absolutely. And so Willis McGahee, I think, is going to see a lot of defenses stacked against him until the Browns prove that they can win through the air. It's just a bad matchup going forward, and it's time maybe to say goodbye to Willis McGahee. And moving on to Arizona, Andre Ellington was the sexy pick a few weeks ago, but he wasn't able to get that full-time job away from Rashard Mendenhall. No, he was not. And a lot of similarities to Willis McGahee here, a guy that looked to be on the up and up, but things have gone badly for the Cardinals offense. And Carson Palmer, another guy who has struggled, and until he proves he can beat teams with his arm, Teams' defenses are going to stack the box, seven, eight guys in the box, and it's bad news for Ellington in that running game. Yeah, a bit of a fantasy flash in the pan. We're giving away awards on this show, and I just want to say back in high school we had superlatives for best dressed. You get today's best dressed, my oh, man. Thanks. I am I, loving the purple. I appreciate your Rhythm Nation bracelets there, too. <laughs> <laughs> you, you really? Absolutely. After I give you the compliment? No, All right. For real. Thank you, thank you. Still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, the fantasy guru Michael Fabiano gives us all his starts and sits for week eight. I sense sarcasm there. 
It's time to make your playoff push, fantasy fans, so pay attention. And later on, Washington Redskins running back Alfred Morris drops by to talk about the Skins' sudden high-octane offense. NFL Fantasy Live back in a few. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Molly Karam joined by Michael Fabiano and Elliot Harrison. Hello there, guys. How about a little TNF preview? I'm excited about it. Sound good? Okay. We've got the Panthers taking on the rival Bucks on Thursday night football. So let's have a look at your fantasy projections. And let's start with Carolina. Yeah, well, Carolina, I clearly I like better than Tampa Bay in this game. And I like Cam Newton to get a rushing touchdown, Molly. In this football game, I think he's not going to be afraid to take off. And remember, the Bucks secondary is pretty good. If he's got to hold the ball, guess what? He's not going to stay in the pocket forever. He's going to tuck it and run. That's why I like him to get an Andrew Luck as touchdown like the one we saw against the Broncos the other night. Cam Newton has been playing outstanding lately, Michael. Newton, last two weeks, four touchdowns, no picks, passer rating north of 140. And, and with six teams on a bye, this kid is a must-start this week. Absolutely. He looked great against uh, the Rams this past Sunday. Fabs, D'Angelo Williams has been the guy, especially with no Jonathan Stewart. How do you like him against this Bucks D? I think he's an RB2 or a flex starter this week. He's had a lot of success against the Buccaneers. You know, he hasn't scored a touchdown at all this season, but that could change Thursday night against the Bucks. Williams has scored eight rushing touchdowns in his last nine games against Tampa Bay. Again, you're in a week where six teams are off. You're going to start D'Angelo Williams. That's what I was just about to say. And again, these two teams are division opponents. They know each other well. That could be an explanation why D'Angelo Williams has done well. Yep. Let's go to the wide receiver position. And if you pay attention to headlines, Steve Smith very fired up this week. We heard him getting into it with Janoris Jenkins. Will we see that aggression on the gridiron? I don't like the numbers here from Steve Smith. He has struggled against the Buccaneers. The veteran has 80-plus yards just once in his last eight games against Tampa Bay. And he also has failed to score a touchdown in each of his last five meetings against the Buccaneers. So you're probably starting Steve Smith as a third wide receiver, but I'm tempering my expectations based on his past. Yeah, Fabs and I were talking off camera. He's not on pace for 800 yards. He doesn't have a play at 25 yards this year. He can certainly talk some trash, though. All right, guys, let's look at the other side of things. What are your projections for the Bucs? Well, Negative. Not that great outside of Vincent Jackson. Jackson, Really, I mean, you look at Mike Glennon there. Uh, Molly, eight points. I know it's horrible, but the bottom line is he's averaging 5.5 yards per attempt. I know that's not a fantasy stat, but that's horrible. A good quarterback averages seven or eight. And here's the other thing. With Doug Martin hurt, there's not going to be any threat of a running game. So now it's going to be so much harder for him. Here's my question with Mike Glennon, though. You know, he got our Adam Rank a couple wins. Is he a good backup? Because that, that's a sneaky good defense there. The, the Panthers are third overall in the league. Right. The Panthers have actually allowed the second fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks on the road, allowing right around 11. I think he can do better than Mike Glennon this week. It's just not a good matchup. All right, and you mentioned uh, Doug Martin there, Elliot Fabs. He's done for the season. Mike James, a hot waiver pickup. You think he's going to be hot on Thursday night football? Yeah, Martin out indefinitely right now. And uh, this is a guy who's going to be picked up in a lot of leagues, Mike James. And, again, you have such a thin position, especially on the waiver wire, that you probably have to use Mike James as a flex. This isn't a terrible matchup. It's not overly favorable either. Clearly, I'm being a uh, not a negative Nancy, but what do you call it, Harrison? Positive parent. Exactly. I'm right there in the middle. I'd start him as a flex and temper my expectations. Well, let me just say this, too. Well, right now, we're just some Vincent Jackson numbers, but Carolina Panthers defense, second in points allowed to only the undefeated Kansas City Chiefs. 
But that doesn't mean Vincent Jackson's going to have a bad They're day. very good. And let's talk more about Vincent Jackson. Here's his numbers with Glennon as a starter versus Josh Freeman under center this season. And obviously, you guys can see he's the beneficiary of Glennon. It, it, it's, it's way better and more favorable for him from a fantasy perspective as well. You bet. But you see that little drop line down there at the bottom, 12.8 targets per game. He'd have the most targets in the league, Michael, if they didn't have a bye week already. The funny thing about Vincent Jackson is he's catching less than 50% of the balls that are thrown his way, but he's getting thrown to so much right. that it doesn't matter. When you're a rookie quarterback, you know where your bread is buttered, and in Tampa Bay, that bread is buttered with Vincent Jackson. Now, this isn't a particularly good matchup, but Jackson has been the highest-scoring wide receiver in fantasy football over the last couple of weeks. Four touchdowns, you start him. He's become matchup proof. I mean, he's, he's becoming that guy, and that's hard to say about Vincent Jackson. We had Greg Schiano on NFL AM this morning. He's very confident about this one. Really quick, guys, do you think there's any chance the Bucks get their first win? No. I'm going Carolina. I'm with going that Carolina also. All right, not too confident there. Great stuff from you guys. And just a reminder make sure to set your DVRs and watch us at 1 a.m. Eastern. It's your nightcap. Get all the latest news and practice reports during our late edition of NFL Fantasy Live. Meanwhile, still to come on NFL Fantasy Live, it's Wednesday, so you know what that means. The guru Michael Fabiano gives us his stardom and sit-ums for Week 8, a few big names that will be on his bench, and we're midway through our fantasy season. Time for some mid-season awards. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Jason Smith here alongside Fantasy Hall of Famer Michael Fabiano, who is still desperately trying to get Eddie Lacy from me in a trade in our Experts League. Now, Fabs, every Wednesday you reveal all your big starts and sits for the week, so let's start with your quarterbacks, and maybe we'll mention Eddie Lacy along the way. How does that sound? I think we will. All right, here's Michael Fabiano's recommendations. Start and sit quarterbacks this week. Stafford, RG3, Colin Kaepernick, who's been up and down on this list. Sleeper alert, Ben Roethlisberger against Oakland. Roethlisberger has been terrific in his career against the Raiders. But, Fabs, Matthew Stafford on this list, maybe for the last time. Matthew Stafford has been fantastic, right? It's going to be too obvious very soon that you need to start Matt Stafford. But he is a must-start this week against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys have allowed the third-most fantasy points to quarterbacks this season. And Matthew Stafford has been one of the best draft bargains in fantasy leagues. To me, he's going to end up as a top-five fantasy quarterback. And he is a guy you have to have in your lineup in Week 8. Now, Russell Wilson's been someone who's been better lately than he was earlier in the season. You have him as a sit this week. You know, people may see that matchup and think, wow, Russell Wilson's got to be a great start this week. But last year, he didn't put up good numbers against the Rams. And you know how I like to look at these trends, Smith? You know I love You're trends. You're a big trend guy. In even-numbered weeks, okay, Russell Wilson is a, has scored an average of fewer than 13 fantasy points per game. And what week are we in? We are in an odd number week. We are in an even number even number week. week so week don't eight. play him. Yes. Another reason that I don't like Russell Wilson is in St. Louis, quarterbacks are scoring an average of fewer than what? 13 fantasy points per game. So don't think Russell Wilson is a lock start. All right, now let's go to the running backs now. Faza starts and sits. There's Eddie Lacy on that There's board. my guy. Along with Frank Gore and Stephen Ridley. And beware of Maurice Jones-Drew against the 49ers. Fabs Eddie Lacy coming off two, actually three pretty big weeks in a row. Yeah, I, listen, I love Eddie Lacy. And, Smith, you will trade him before the end of the day to me. 
The matchup is fantastic. The Vikings have allowed the most fantasy points to running backs this season. If you need proof, did you watch Monday night when Peyton Hillis got off the couch and rushed for 14 fantasy points against this team? Eddie Lacy, to me, is a must start this week. I said it. The rookie is a must start. So now, Maurice Jones, Drew, you had buyer beware. Obviously, we're all in the big bye week blues now with six teams on a bye and some injuries. This is not a straight sit for Maurice Jones, Drew. If you don't have backfield depth, then you have to play him. Unfortunately, he was likely your second or third round pick, but this is a bad matchup. The Niners allowing the ninth fewest fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. And listen, the Jaguars offense is just playing bad and he's not getting enough work to put the numbers that we expect of Maurice Jones drew so if you have that depth in your in your backfield MJD to your bench yeah and this will be a game where they throw the football a ton locker at least last week was over 300 yards so you think that's the strategy they'll try to employ this week in San Francisco all right let's get to some wide receivers now Fab's recommendation for the pass catchers Larry Fitzgerald is on a start list I think this is probably the best Fantasy news for him all season, Fabs being on your start Really list. good matchup against Atlanta, and we've got six teams on a bye. Start Larry Fitzgerald. And start Eric Decker. Right. Remember after week one, everyone is freaking out, oh, man, it's going to be Welker, it's going to be Demarius Thomas, now Julius Thomas. We're not going to be able to see any production from Eric Decker. Guess what? Peyton Manning has been so good this year that everybody's putting up fantasy points who's catching the football from him, including Eric Decker. This is a great matchup. The Redskins have allowed the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. Eric Decker has a team-high 63 targets, Jason. You know all about that from your targets and touches column. Eric Decker has become a must-start. He hasn't been that one-year wonder that a lot of people were worried he would be. All right, unfortunately for me and my league of record, Mike Wallace is a must-start because of the buys, but you have him as a sit here, which it doesn't have fill me with a lot of fuzzy expectations. Yeah, Mike Wallace has been a disappointment. When we expected this, the Patriots are allowing the seventh-fewest fantasy points to wide receivers on their home field. And the Patriots have also allowed no receiving touchdowns in their last two games against the Miami Dolphins. It's not good for Mike Wallace. Go to the tight ends now. This is becoming increasingly difficult week after week. But Kyle Rudolph back on this list. And again, depending on how things go with the Vikings quarterbacks, with Christian Ponder taking first-team reps in practice on Wednesday, he could be a nice start. Sleeper alert, Jordan Reed. He may not be a sleeper for much longer. The fans, Tony Gonzalez, been a lot of talk about him the last couple weeks. Is he going to be traded? Is he all in? You like him this week. Well, we liked him last week, remember, because Julio Jones was out, Roddy White was out, and he didn't do anything. But don't. Be worried about Gonzalez. This is a great matchup. He won't have a better matchup all season long. The Arizona Cardinals have given up the most fantasy points to tight ends this season. Matt Ryan will look to Gonzo this week, and Gonzalez will get in the end zone. Start Tony Gonzalez. Didn't think we'd say this when we were about week four, week five. We're at the point now where you can sit Jordan Cameron. Well, again, this is a caveat, okay? He's probably going to be starting in most leagues. He's been fantastic. We said to start him last week. He scored a touchdown. He was great. But the Chiefs have not allowed a touchdown to tight ends this year. They've allowed the fewest fantasy points to tight ends this year. They've allowed the fewest receiving yards to tight ends this year. And, oh, by the way, Jason Campbell is now the quarterback. So if you have another really good option, because Cameron, remember, was drafted late in most leagues or not drafted at all, start your other alternative, like a Tony Gonzalez or maybe even a Rob Gronkowski, who you could have with Cameron. But if you do have Cameron, he's your only guy, then you have to play him. The matchup is not good, though. All right, there you go. There's your big start sits recommendations for week eight. For more now, let's throw it over to Elliot Harrison, who's joined by Redskins star running back Alfred Morris. E? All right, thanks, Jason. Now, the Washington Redskins coming off a big home win versus the Chicago Bears. Got their second win of the season, and they're hanging in there in the NFC East race. And we have stud tailback Alfred Morris. Does anyone say tailback anymore? I don't know. But we have running back Alfred Morris. Join us on the show 
Alfred, you've been on the show so many times, and if I'm not mistaken, the last time you came on our show, I think you went for about 175 and three touchdowns. So can we expect that kind of performance uh, against the Broncos? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, it would be tough, I mean, especially with the type of defense that they have. They're number one right now in rush uh, defense. And uh, last, last week we were able to put up over 200 yards on the ground, and uh, we definitely have a challenge, you know, have our work cut out for us this week going against uh, the Broncos. Well, before I brag about your opponent, I want to brag about you. You've averaged over five yards per carry the last two weeks. What's been different? Uh, nothing. I mean, you just got to make the most of what you get. Uh, I don't think I, my carries are where they were last year. So, I mean, I just do my best to make the most of what I get. Each play can be my last play, and I, I give it my all each and every time. And just it just happened to be a high average this year. Well, I'm glad you mentioned carries because I've been watching you guys' games, and it seems to me RG3 and you guys are running a little bit more read option because he had 18 carries the first uh, four games, and he's had 20 carries the last two. Am I not seeing it right, or are you guys doing a little bit more of that? <laughs> I would say we're doing a little more. We just, uh, we're able to run our offense. We're doing better on third downs. Uh, we're able to stay on the field. A lot of times we have to throw the ball because we get behind on the score on the right. scoreboard, so we have to throw. You can't keep running, so we got to change our offense. But the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a lot better um, on third downs, a lot better staying on the field, a lot better. So we, we can't open up our playbook and run our plays, so it just seems as if we are running a little more. Well, it's pretty universal that people feel that RG3 looks a lot better. Even in the loss to the Cowboys, a little bit of a bounce in his step. What's that do for you in the running game? Uh, it definitely opens it up. They have to respect him. Uh, I feel like the Chicago Bears last week, they definitely were – they felt like if they took away the, the dive guy, which is me, that they, they would beat us on that. But Robert was able to make him pay. Uh, he got a couple of big runs in it, uh, last week. So it, it worked out good. So they have to respect him now. They think because, you know, he's slowed down by his knee that he won't be as effective as he was last year. But he's getting more and more effective. He's getting more and more comfortable on his leg. And uh, he's – the defense have to respect him, so it just takes a couple more eyes off me, and we're kind of getting back into the rhythm that we had last year. Well, we're a fantasy show, so no Sean Marino gets more play than defenses do on our show. But that said, you already mentioned it, the Broncos' number one rush defense in the league, and it's not an anomaly. They're allowing 3.29 yards per carry. That's nothing. What have you seen on tape? <laughs> uh, we haven't watched much tape yet. Uh, we just installed what we, we know, our normal uh, routine that we do. We watch tape after practice, and then we go on from here. Uh, you know, we have to let, let it upload and everything first. So uh, I haven't watched much, uh, defense, much on the defense just yet, but after today, we I definitely get more than enough. Well, last question before we let you go. Jordan Reed blew up last week. A lot of people are like, Jordan who? What can you tell us about Jordan Reed? Uh, he's a great guy, great route runner. I mean, it's, it's like a mismatch. Him versus a linebacker isn't fair. You know, he, even with the cornerbacks, they, they just they can't cover him. I mean, he gets open, uh, he makes plays, and he has great hands. Well, we appreciate you being on. Keep rocking the beard. Hopefully the executives here at the <laughs> network will let me do the same. Thanks for coming on. All right, not a problem. Thanks for having me. Okay, still to come on NFL Fantasy Live. The fantasy doctor makes a house call. Sports orthopedic surgeon Dr. Neil Gadadra joins us to give his diagnosis on some of the biggest injuries this season, and there were a lot in Week 7. This is NFL Fantasy Live. All right, it is time now for Engineer to Win, presented by Volkswagen. Molly Karam here with Elliot Harrison and Marcus Grant. 
What, it, what is the lean-in? We're ready. I'm not sure it's going we're on right now. We're serious about this. We're ready, set, go? Yes. Okay, yes. good. Yes. Because Marcus you know I love in. this segment because I get to put you guys on the hot seat. We're putting 1.30 on the clock, and we're going to let it rip or get ripped, as our producer Hytham likes to say. Fantasy genius questions submitted by you, the fans. Gentlemen, get in your position. I'm ready. Let's All do right, it. let's do this. First one here, better start week eight, Stephen Ridley or Alfred Morris? We're going to the backfield. I'm going with Stephen Ridley just because you're sure he's going to get the bulk of the carries, which, you know, I know it's kind of been questionable, but Alfred Morris, Shannon Hannigan's back in a big way. Well, I worry about that. I worry about Denver's number one run defense, but Alfred Morris averaging five yards per carry the last two weeks. The Redskins are going to go through him to slow down Peyton Manning's possessions. Alfred Morris. All right. We're even split there. Better start week eight. Our quarterbacks here, Andy Dalton or Tom Brady? I'm going with Tom Brady. I just don't like Andy Dalton against the Jets. I think Brady starts to bounce back, especially with Gronk back in the lineup. Absolutely. What you said, Jets defense is better. Give me Tom Brady. Not so sure about that, but I'm not the expert. Better flex week eight, Chris Ivory or Mike James? I want no part of Mike James on a Thursday night. I know Chris Ivory's going against the Bengals. They've been pretty good, but Mike James on a Thursday night, do not want. Yeah, I'll take James Ingram over Mike James. Give me me Chris Ivory, absolutely. All right, better start week eight, Gio Bernard or the Rook Le'Veon Bell? I like Le'Veon Bell against the Oakland Raiders. I think the Steelers are leaning on him. He's an impressive back. I I, I absolutely agree with that. I think the Raiders' defense has been better this year, but not better enough to stop Le'Veon Bell. 30 seconds left, no pressure here. We'll stay with the week eight. Better start Marcus Colston or the Jag, Justin Blackman? I'll take Justin Blackman. He's been strong. Colston has just been too up and down. I've always been a proponent, but he's too up and down. The Bills defense a little better than you think, Mark. Yeah, they are a little bit better than I think, but I I think Marcus Colston is going to bounce out this week, bounce back this week. I know he's been frustrating for fantasy owners, but I like Colston. A little frustrating. All right, last one here. This is crazy to me that this is actually a question. We're, We're here with Larry Fitzgerald. Better start him or Ruben Randall? I'll take Larry Fitzgerald. I don't trust the Falcons secondary. Ruben Randall, you don't know if Hakeem Nix is going to get the ball or Victor Cruz. Don't or worry, Hakeem Nix won't catch it. I, see, I think, I, I think uh-huh. Ruben Randall has passed Hakeem Nix as the number two receiver in that offense. I like Randall this week. All right, good stuff, guys. Way to power through that. You're wrong. Just so you know. <laughs> I'm glad you're in relaxed position here. Okay, that was Engineered to Win, presented by Volkswagen. For more, now let's throw it over to Jason Smith and Michael Fabiano, who are joined with by a boring. special guest. Thanks, Hugh. Joined now by our favorite doctor, sports orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Neil Gadadra. Doctor, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I had a funny feeling after Sunday night we are going to need you with all the maybe mental telepathy, but I had a feeling Dr. Neil's going to be on this so week. So you were that guy leaving all those weird phone calls, huh? That's right, all the ones about Doug Martin. He's a creepy guy. Yeah, like he's that. a creepy dude. <laughs> well, let's get to Doug Martin for a second here, creepiness out of it. <laughs> out indefinitely. With the initial reports to Torn Labrum was he was going to be done for the season, but Greg Schiano says, hang on a second, he's out indefinitely. What's the time frame? Well, with Doug, uh, given that he's a running back, you're looking at probably four to six weeks. And the reason he does not need surgery at this time is, again, he's a running back. The, the beauty of the labrum is that it's important for throwers, people that put up their hands in this position, quarterbacks. For running backs, he doesn't need to do that. So if I show you this model of a shoulder. This is the arm, right? This is the arm. See, I could Here's your collar. Oh, look, you're so good, man. <laughs> so good. I wouldn't go to you. The key is a shoulder is like a golf ball sitting on a golf tee. I wouldn't either. Yeah. Golf ball sitting on a golf tee. Now, how the body compensates for the fact that that ball won't fall off the tee is it puts a rubber band around it, okay? So it thickens it up, kind of like your hair. Exactly. So the key is, is that the labrum, when it's torn, makes it very easy for that ball to slip and move. So if you look at the shoulder, and I take out the golf ball, and you look right into the golf tee, you can see that the body makes this huge rubber band that goes around it. That's what he's torn. The key for running back again, though, is that he can just rehab, get his strength back, get the pain down, and go out and play. Maybe it's tough catching a few balls early on, but four weeks for a running back, 
He should be so back. So closer to four yeah. than to six. But don't be surprised that at the end of the season, he has to go and get surgery to fix it. And that's a six-month recovery. But he can still finish off the season. All right, Febs, knowing this, do you hold on to Doug Martin? Do you try to pick him back up? What do you do? You know, I have Doug Martin in two leagues. I'm not dropping him. Uh, yeah. These guys come back a little bit earlier than we've seen in the past from these injuries. I know you dropped him in the Experts League. I will be putting in a waiver claim <laughs> for Doug Martin. I'll hold on to him because the running back position is so shallow right now. We're talking about starting guys like Mike James on our fantasy teams. I'd sit on him unless you're not in a position where your roster is big enough, right. where you can just kind of have that dead spot for a few weeks, I'd keep him. All right, let's get to Jay Cutler now. Out four weeks with his groin injury, and you think it's very similar to what's plaguing Danny Amendola right now. Right. If you watch him in his video, you can see that he, he clutches at his groin, and, and the reports are that he tore his groin muscle. When you hear that, it's pretty similar to what we heard for Danny Amendola. Now, the importance of the groin muscle, again, if you look at little fabs here, no, it's a little Smith. No, All it's right. little fabs. Don't confuse people. <laughs> so the groin muscle goes from your pubic bone down onto your leg. And what makes it very important and what it functions at is to bring your legs in. So for a guy like Amendola who's running around making cuts, that's a big deal. For a quarterback that doesn't run a lot, a la Cutler, probably not as big a deal. So if you look at him, you know, given the fact that he has a growing tear, and again, we talked about this last time, when there's a tear of the muscle... It's actually okay because there's other muscles that will take over for it. You just have to give it time to rest, get pain relief, and get his motion back. So for him, you're looking at close to four weeks. Now, you will see he'll have trouble with deep balls because to plant and twist on it and throw, it's going to hurt him for the first few weeks. So don't expect very many deep passes from him. All right, so Cutler, someone hold on to him or wait and go back and get him? No, I'd let him go. Uh, The quarterback position is really deep at this point. So unless you're in a deeper league or you start two quarterbacks – then you kind of have to keep them. But in standard leagues where you're 10 teams, 12 teams, I would really let them go. I think there's options on the waiver wire that you're going to have to utilize, especially when you have these bye weeks coming in. And we have six teams off this week. All right, how about hamstrings? Everybody's recovering from a hamstring. For one time, we're not talking about Miles Austin. Arian Foster on a bye this week. The team says hopefully he's on track to play again a week from now. Foster said it wasn't that bad when he got hurt a week ago. What's the reality of the rest of the season for Arian Foster? It's tough. You know, these hamstrings are recurring topics because they're recurring injuries. So if you look at the backside a little, Jason, which obviously all our viewers want to see, The hamstrings go from the ischial bone down all the way to the knee. So it covers two joints, and that's really, really important for these athletes. Hip joint, knee joint. What does it do? Well, it stops you from going way too forward like this and bringing your leg up, okay? It's very important for bringing your hip back as well. So that's important for runners, jumpers, sprinters. Very, very important. For a wide receiver, that's a big deal. For running back, that's a big deal. Now, the question is, is why is it recurring? Why do we keep having these issues? Well, guys are coming back too quickly. And when you come back too quickly, you're not giving it a chance to rest. And if you look at the hamstrings, the muscle that counteracts it is your quadriceps. Well, guess what? What do all the guys work on when they're working out? Everyone wants big quads. Quads, I got huge quads. I don't want to see it. So, but if you look, <laughs> if you look at Jason's big quads and compare it to Fab's little hamstrings, there's a big difference there. And the problem <laughs> that is that puts there. more stress on it. So when these guys are making these big movements and sprints and cuts, that's a big deal. And that's why you see recurring injuries. All right, so with Foster, you're putting him back in your lineup, but expecting that this could happen again at some point later on this season. Absolutely. Now, how about Michael Vick? He's a running quarterback now. This is going to affect his effectiveness. Well, I don't know if he's going to be a running quarterback for a while. You know, again, same thing with the hamstring. He's coming back a little early. He even said it. He said that he, you know, he doesn't feel 100%. Hamstrings are notorious for coming back throughout the year. And all it takes is one movement. 
one cut and stop, one start and stop, and he'll, he'll be injured. So if you, for him, I look for him to throw more out of the pocket and run less. And you'll see that. And as he feels better with the hamstrings, and you'll know it when he starts running more out of the pocket. Fabs, is he still a good start knowing that he's going to be limited running the football? Well, I mean, that's going to hurt his value. There's no doubt about that because yeah. part of Michael Vick's value is the fact that he can run the football. But the good news is he's playing the Giants this week, and the Giants' <laughs> pass defense has been just awful. So Michael Vick, to me, based on the matchup, even though Doc is saying he's going to be a little bit limited with that hamstring in terms of running the football, is still a good start. They shut down Josh Freeman, though, Fabs. Oh, <laughs> quite an accomplishment. <laughs> Doctor, appreciate it. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Hey, thank you, guys. All right, coming up next, we're at the halfway point of the season, and it's time to give away some midseason awards. The Comeback Player of the Year and Biggest Bust Awards are right around the corner. NFL Fantasy Live coming right back. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live. Jason Smith here alongside Marcus Grant, Michael Fabiano, and Elliot Harrison all in our Wednesday best because we're halfway through the fantasy regular season. It is time to hand out some hardware. Remember, fans, you can vote for the Fantasy Midseason Awards on the NFL Network Facebook page at facebook.com slash NFL Network. So now, let's take a look at our Midseason Comeback Player of the Year Award. Here are the nominees. Antonio Gates. Please, what's clapping? Antonio Gates. LaShawn McCoy. Yes, I'll. 111 fantasy points. And Matthew Stafford, 140 fantasy points. Second most overall. All right, Fabs, why should Matthew Stafford win this award? I think you just mentioned it. Second most fa- Listen, he has been so good this year outside of one game that he had that was bad against the Green Bay Packers. And Stafford is a guy who, remember, two years ago had 5,000 yards, over 40 touchdowns. Last season, his touchdowns declined, so people were worried about him this year. He's been one of the best draft bargains in fantasy football. Yeah, I like it when you say listen first, too, because I wouldn't listen unless you told me to listen. And I, I, I agree with you completely. You know what you didn't point out, though? What's that? And nobody's pointing out that they missed Nate Burleson. You know, he's hurt. He'd sure. be even better with Nate Burleson. I yep. think he's having a heck of a year. Yep. All right, Marcus, make your case for LaShawn McCoy. Well, LaShawn McCoy had to be thrilled when Chip Kelly got hired as the Eagles head coach. He's going to be part of a run-first, running back-based offense, and it's shown fourth-most fantasy points among running backs this season. A team-high 162 touches on offense. The next closest Eagle has 39. I mean, just light years ahead. He has been a volume running back this year, and it has shown, and I mean, he, he has been the better for it, and fantasy owners have been the better for it. Right, Elliot, make the case for Antonio Gates. He was dead and buried by a lot of people. You bet. Far be it from me to disagree with my esteemed colleagues here. Stafford and McCoy are outstanding. Uh, Antonio Gates, though, caught 49 balls last year, uh, fellas. This year, he's got 42. He's only 41 yards behind his entire total from last season. Amazing. And when Phillip Rivers is launching balls like World Be Free out there, and connecting, I tell you what, I mean, both guys technically could be comeback player of the year. I love the way Antonio Gates is playing, and he's an older vet. It's impressive. I have a fantasy basketball draft tonight. Should I draft World B3? <laughs> you can blame that I, on I probably uh, wouldn't Jason. Do that. Taking stats from the 70s. I said at some point today, you got to get World B3 in the show just for a goof, and he did it. All right, here we go. Here is our vote. You guys voted on Facebook. The winner of fantasy. Mid-season comeback player of the year award is drumroll. I think Fab's guy. Listen, I think I got it right. (laughs) Gladiator Matthew Stafford (laughs) is the winner. I'm I'm, I'm going to finish. I'm going to finish. But but LaShawn McCoy is the comebackiest player. I mean, he had to be right. Comebackiest. Comebackiest. Security. Is that right? Look, it's it's not easy because Stafford, you drafted him so low and he's been so good. That's really the big deal. You probably drafted another quarterback before you drafted Matthew Stafford, which. Makes him even more valuable. Yeah, and you look at some of the defenses he's played. He's played Arizona.
Arizona. He's played Cincinnati. He's played Cleveland. Those are good defenses that he has played pretty well against. And again, Nate Burleson's injury, I think, is one of the most underrated injuries in football this year because they're not getting anything, fellas, out of Ryan Broyles. Well, and I think a big part of it, too, is one of the things that hurt Matthew Stafford last year was all the times Calvin Johnson didn't get into the end zone. Right. He's getting in the end zone a little bit more this year, and that's helped Stafford's numbers quite yeah. a bit. That's the crazy part for guys. Second overall in fantasy points, you're only playing one of his pass catchers, really. And that's yeah. it, Calvin Johnson and nobody else. Why did Megatron get five touchdowns last year? Only five all year. And tackled inside the five like six times. Right. And this mm. year, you're right, he's getting in. All right, now let's move on to the next award. It is the biggest midseason fantasy bust. A list that nobody wants to be on, but yet here we are. Should we still clap? I mean, can we clap? <laughs> Colin Ka- well, if you didn't draft Colin Kaepernick, you can clap. Colin Kaepernick, 17th among fantasy yeah, quarterbacks. Baz, how many guys. yards did C.J. Spiller have last week total? I saw your tweet. Seven. That is amazing. C.J. Spiller, 35th among running backs this season. I'm not clapping because I own him in three leagues. Trent Richardson, (laughs) 50 fantasy points, 26th among running backs. We thought he was going to take over with that trade. But let's start with C.J. Spiller, Fabs. Why should he win this award? As if we don't know. You know, if I sound morose, it's because I do have C.J. Spiller on one of my nine fantasy leagues. He's 35th in fantasy points right now among running backs. 35th. Fewer than 13 fantasy points in every game this season. And this ankle injury is not doing him any favors. His coach, Doug Marone, said he's not 100%. Well, if I were Doug Marone, I'd put him on the bench and use Fred Jackson and let Spiller get back to 100%, of course. But that's me being selfish because Spiller is single-handedly killing my fantasy team. How about Colin Kaepernick, Marcus? Well, Colin Kaepernick has struggled throwing the football less than 260 passing yards in six straight games. But the biggest thing... He's not running the football. Just one rushing touchdown so far this season. That was part of the reason a lot of fantasy owners went out and drafted him, hoping to make him a number one quarterback. Yes, he didn't have a lot of targets, losing Michael Crabtree hurt, but you expected him to pick that up and run the football and really make up those yards. It hasn't happened. The nine turnovers really hasn't helped as well this year. Colin Kaepernick has not been what you want him to be, although hopefully the last couple weeks maybe he's turning a corner there. Yeah, I agree with you guys, Marcus. Kaepernick got in his, not getting his own reads. C.J. Spiller with Daniel Thomas on the uh, Mediocre Express. But Trent Richardson has not given you anything since the trade. And maybe you're seeing why the Browns were happy to deal this guy for a first-round pick. Look, he doesn't have the elusiveness of a Barry Sanders. He's not going to bowl you over, as you see right there, like Marshawn Lynch. This guy is just a guy. He's a very good guy. But that's all he is. He's not Marshawn Lynch, and he's showing that. And now you know why the Browns dealt him. All right, let's take a look at the winner right here. You guys voted on Facebook. The winner for comeback, not for comeback, but for fantasy bust of the year is midseason award. For bust and blues in Buffalo, C.J. Spiller is your champion. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. No. You know, listen, this is one of those situations where he probably single-handedly has cost your team a shot at winning your division. When your first-round pick does what C.J. Spiller has done, and that's nothing, you have a hard time coming back from that unless you've been really active on the waiver wire. I have a hard time believing this is going to get better for him because Fred Jackson is always going to get the goal line carries, and C.J. Spiller is simply going to share the load. We were hoodwinked by Nathaniel Hackett this year. We were. That's what it was. We, yeah, were, we were hoodwinked. We were hoodwinked and by Syracuse offense. And he's mentioned several times before, Fred Jackson, one of the bigger surprises yes. in fantasy this season. All right, there you go. Coming up next on the program, we'll show you the roster of one unlucky fan who's going to win our award for unluckiest fantasy team of the year. Everybody but one person will feel much better about their fantasy team as NFL Fantasy Live rolls on. Welcome back to NFL Fantasy Live, the official fantasy football show of the NFL. Remember, 
Follow us at NFL Fantasy for all your latest fantasy football news. We answer tweets like this one from Alex Quilk. Okay, guys, I got Foster and Woodhead on a bye. Lacey's my number one running back. For my number two running back, this is where you're at. Do I use C.J. Spiller or pick up Peyton Hillis fans? My goodness. I mean, is this really a question? How about this? If Brandon Jacobs is inactive, start Peyton Hillis. He scored more fantasy points last week than Spiller's had all year, it seems. Yeah, and he catches the ball. How about that? I can't believe we're talking about Peyton Hillis. Times are tough what is fantasy oh, so We're talking about Peyton Hillis compared to <laughs> C.J. Spiller, a first-round pick. I know. All right, here's another one. Who should I start, Ruben Randall or Denarius Moore? Elliot, who do you like? Well, I like Ruben Randall. Denarius Moore is so hit or miss for me. They're playing the Steelers this week, and I like Terrell Pryor to actually take off and run a lot because Pittsburgh doesn't have any speed on defense. They're not going to be able to catch him. Meanwhile, Ruben Randall, Fabs, you already mentioned it. You think he's outperforming Hakeem Nix. In fact, Marcus, you did too. So the only one that hasn't hated on Hakeem Nix yet is you, Jason. You want to take the opportunity? Now? I hate Hakeem Nix. I'm yeah. not starting Hakeem Nix. Fabs is actually trying to throw in a deal, every deal we make, and I'll give you back Hakeem Nix. Like, I'm giving you a million dollars. You know, that's like trying to make Hakeem Nix look like better. That sounds like Fabs. Well, you know what? He's got some upside, maybe. <laughs> All right, is running back Zach Stacy a good flex start against Seattle or LaFell? Marcus, what do you think? I'm going with Brandon LaFell. I, you know, I know that Zach Stacy has kind of taken over as the number one running back there, but against Seattle? No, not a chance. When Brandon LaFell has really stepped up for the Panthers. Agree. Now, if you think you've had a bad with all the injuries that have happened so far this season, take a look at this guy's team. He has all nine of the following injured players on oh his squad. This is a gosh. guy that plays on NFL.com. Michael Vick, who's in and out of the lineup. Doug Martin could be done for the year. David Wilson can't stay healthy. Ahmad Bradshaw's done. So is Julio Jones. Randall yeah. Cobb might not be back until week 15. You don't recover from this. Reggie Wayne is done. Amendola can't stay healthy. And you got Jermichael Finley may not play again. The guy's name is G-Men of his team. I'm this not is, making it up there one in six. This is the worst football, football season ever, right, any, for a single person. Any advice for this guy? I, don't give up and have fun with it now. Yeah. Play the matchups and see what you can do, but I wouldn't give up. This is a non-football life, man. <laughs> yeah. what. So Sorry, next man. Wednesday night, check out this guy, a non-football life on NFL Network. That's just bad luck. All right, that's a wrap, fantasy fans. Join us tomorrow for the latest news and a full preview for the Panthers-Bucks Thursday night football matchup. NFL Fantasy Live returns tomorrow at 5 p.m. Eastern. That poor guy. I can't get over it. <laughs> You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 